Hello everyone, I'm your host Alex Castle and this is the Behind the Sunshine Podcast, episode 2. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 2 of Behind the Sunshine Podcast. I want to take a quick second to thank everyone who left a review or a nice comment or rated our podcast. It means so, so much to us. The positive feedback we got from the first episode was insane. This is something I've wanted to do for a while and just never actually put the plan into action. And I threw all of it together in seriously like a few days. So it's really, really cool to see how you guys responded and I cannot wait to continue this every Wednesday. But today, I thought it would be fun to do a little Q&A. So I'm going to be answering all of the questions that you guys uh, asked anonymously. And yeah, there is a few questions that I won't be answering today. So if you asked one of these really amazing questions, do know that I'm making a separate episode for those specifically because they're more deep dive topics. With that being said, we're going to jump right into the questions. This first round of questions are more geared towards me, whether it be motherhood or relationships, me personally. First one being, how many tattoos do I have and do they have any meaning? So I have 20 to 30 tattoos, just depending on how you want to count them. I have all of my fingers tattooed. And I have two to three tattoos on each finger. So I have 22 on my fingers alone if you count each tattoo as its own. like. So yeah, I would have 22 on my fingers. And then I have a little C on my wrist, which stands for Cooper, being my husband. So that one has meaning. And then I have a big floral moth piece on my forearm. The back of my upper arm, I have a big squirrel, and that is for my mom because she is super, super ADHD. So everyone at work and I call her squirrel because she can't focus. And then I have a big snake on my shoulder, a huge moth, so like a celestial moth piece on my ribs, sternum, stomach area. I have inhale and exhale on my other wrist. That was my first tattoo, actually, and it is my least favorite. I feel like that's kind of a common theme. Your first tattoo is typically your least favorite. And then, well, if you got your tattoo right at 18. Um, and then I have a little peach on my butt. In episode one, I talked about how I was the girl who jumped from job to job. So I got asked how many jobs I've had and what were they. So I don't really know how many jobs I've had because I didn't really count them, but my first ever job, I just turned 15 and I was working at a little barbecue restaurant, which was a ton of fun, kind of. I actually fucking hate food service. I will never work in food service ever again because people are absolutely terrible to waiters and waitresses, which that's a whole nother topic that I'll probably get into a different day because people are just awful. Um, and then after that job, I left and I worked at a local boutique and then I worked for my mom for a little bit delivering gifts for her, which did not work out because me and my mom are way too similar to work together. We 
no, we're too similar to work together. After that, I worked a few more little retail jobs. I worked at Dinnard's, which is a Western wear store. And that was a ton of fun because my, I got like commission for selling boots and my dad would just come in and buy boots all the time so that I would meet my commission goals. And it was so fun. And I have fond memories of that place. I actually have my leather candle inspired by that place. So that was fun. I worked at a big chain department store called Belk. Where else? I worked a couple other little jobs that I can't really think of right now. But one of my main jobs, I was there for three years. It was the cutest little soap shop downtown. And that's where I actually learned how to make candles and developed my love for candle making. So I have a lot of love for that place. And yeah, so I worked there for three years and then kind of branched off and did my own candle business. And uh, yeah, after that, sorry, I have to say and um, a lot. You'll have to ignore that. But after that, I worked doing my candles and then I started that job at the school, which I was talking about in my first episode as the substitute slash special education. And then I started doing my candles full time again and opened the shop. So those are all the jobs that I've had. This next question, I'm not really going to dive into because I'm going to save it for another episode, but I did want to mention it. It says, how do you juggle being a mom, running a business, a wife, and have a social life? And the only answer that I have for this episode right now is a support system, a good support system, because I could not do anything that I do right now if it weren't for my husband, my in-laws, and my parents. They help so much with the kids. My husband is always there to help with the girls. He will come up to the shop and help me clean it up. Like if I have a big party, he'll come help me do that. He'll help me prep and stuff, which is amazing. So helpful. Um, my husband has no problem cooking and cleaning and, and getting the kids to bed, which is very, very helpful as well. So I don't get overwhelmed with that. And then I also have really great friends who understand if I can't do something because I have other responsibilities or um, just pe- people are very understanding in my community. So if I can't be at a social event, I'll get the, oh, we missed you so much text and then life goes on. So that is my thing right now is having a good support system and having people who are understanding of your situation makes a huge difference. What is the worst thing my parents ever caught me doing? The story I'm about to tell is definitely not the worst thing my parents ever caught me doing. The worst thing is probably like sneaking out or something stupid, but the maddest I've ever seen my dad was when me and my best friend Henley snuck out and I don't know, I don't, I didn't even have a driver's license yet. That's why this was an issue. I was like 15 and we snuck out and drove to Whataburger at like midnight and we did it because my dad told us that we couldn't go like he wasn't going to drive us so we snuck out we went to Whataburger and we come back and my dad is standing in the foyer waiting on us and (laughs) he didn't even have to say anything we walked in he was there staring at us we could tell he was disappointed he was so mad and my best friend, she just literally, literally went straight up to my room. And I was like, oh, shit. And I got bitched at, told how unsafe it was, which 
I 100% if you do not have your license do not drive it's so stupid it's so dangerous anyways but yeah I think that's the maddest I've ever seen my dad so that's the worst thing I guess I've gotten caught doing in a sense I don't know just a funny story and I'll never live it down I don't think Henley will ever live it down just crazy time freaking Whataburger got us in trouble <laughs> This person asked if I was scared of judgment from other people when I got pregnant in high school slash right out of high school and how did our parents react? So I got pregnant in April of 2019 and me and my husband graduated in May of 2019 and we moved in together, everything. We were getting settled and planning our big senior trip when I threw up all my mom's car <laughs> And she told me I needed to take a pregnancy test, which to that, I answered, I'm on my period. I don't need to take a test. Got home, told Cooper. He was like, no, you need to take a test. So I took a test, came back positive. I was a fucking wreck, mental breakdown city. Cooper, so freaking cute. He was like, it's okay. Like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to work it out. It's going to be like fine. It's perfect. And I'm over here just like mental breakdown still. Because my mom was a teen mom, my sister was a teen mom, and I really, really, really wanted to beat that stigma, and it didn't happen for a reason, that's okay, but anyways, the first person I called was my sister, and I called her crying, she was like, you're pregnant, I said, yes, I'm pregnant, and like, I don't know what to do, I'm freaking out, I don't want to tell mom, all this, she let me know, you know, you have options, like, I'm here for you, I can help you tell mom and dad, like, whatever, so... That's what we did. We went together and she told my dad with me and my dad obviously like wasn't happy or thrilled or by any means, but he was super accepting and he let me know like your life is not over. Um, it's just going to change. Like your life is going to be slightly more difficult, but it's not over. And like, I'm here to help you and help you navigate. So my dad's always been my biggest advocate. He actually had to tell my mom for me, which my mom was really upset and I knew she would be really upset because she was a teen mom and she did not want that for me. So we didn't talk for a few days. We got in a pretty big argument after. Um, so we didn't talk for a little bit, but obviously she came around and she absolutely adores my kids, especially like she loves Berkeley, who is my firstborn. So we are fine now, but <laughs> we did have like a little bit of a argument with it and I'm gonna be honest like it was hard there's a lot of emotions involved when you're pregnant especially when it's a teen pregnancy it's very very high emotions and I obviously got really defensive so because I at this point decided I was going to keep it and it was just there was a lot of emotions so you know that was that me and my mom like I said we're good now but it was scary and then I told all my friends and they were excited to be little aunts. So um, they were really accepting and really, they had fun with it. My best friend, Kylie, she brought me baby clothes. Like she went out and shopped like the day I freaking told her. So she was excited for sure. And then Cooper's parents were so freaking sweet. My father-in-law is very like quiet, reserved. You know, he just kind of sticks to himself. And so I was kind of scared to tell him because he is, like I said, very quiet and reserved. You can't ever really tell, like, what his emotions are. Well, he used to be. He's softened up quite a bit now with the babies. But anyway, so I, we were kind of scared to tell him. But his reaction is probably my absolute favorite from both of my pregnancy announcements. Because 
We told him and he literally hopped on his motorcycle and drove down to my workplace and just gave me a hug and told me it was going to be okay and that he was excited and whatnot. So that's like the sweetest reaction. It was amazing. Um, And then my mother-in-law, Jenny, she was so, she's always super happy and positive about everything. So she obviously made it a big positive experience. She was ready to be Gigi, which is what she is now. So Yeah, I was somewhat scared of people's judgment, but once I told my family and everyone was accepting and, like, excited for baby girl to come, I didn't really care what anyone else thought. My friends were excited. My family was excited. That's really all that mattered. The last personal question I have is, why do I still call myself Alex Castle when I'm married and my husband's last name is Lyons? Um, I don't really have a good answer for it other than I just like Castle. That's the name I've always gone by. Um, That's the name that people know me by and my family by. So I just kind of go with Alex Castle. My husband doesn't care what I go by. There's sometimes I go by Castle Lions. There's times I go by Lions. So I don't know. I just thought Alex Castle flows better. I like it a little bit better. And no one in my life really cares. So I just kind of do what I want. Moving on to business-related questions. First one being, do I select every business that is in my shop or should small businesses reach out and shoot their shot with me? And I've done both. So when I first started, I reached out to every single vendor that I wanted in the store and I shot my shot with them. Um, And it was really scary. So If you are a small business that is wanting to reach out about becoming a part of the collective, I do three different things. So if I don't have a booth available for you to rent, I have a commission program where I sell your products and I take a small commission and then give you the rest, or um, I will buy wholesale from you. Like there's different things. So if you are a small business and you want to be in the collective, reach out. If you're like the vibe or if I really like your products, I will gladly bring you in the store. Um, Worst case scenario, if you shoot your shot and I turn you down, you have made a friend because I'm going to love you and I'm going to admire the fact that you reached out to me because like I said, I reached out to everyone when I first opened and I know it's really scary. Madden & Co. is one of my vendors and she's a great example because she had more followers than me. So I automatically assumed she would not be interested in being in the collective she had a well-established brand and she was had the most perfect aesthetic, but I reached out to her anyways and she was totally on board. She's a highlight in my store. She's one of the sweetest people I've ever met and had I not reached out to her, I don't think I would have her in my life and that would really suck. So um, yeah, reach out, shoot your shot and I'm sure I will love you. Easy question. What is the my favorite candle scent I've ever made? So my best-selling scent is Texas Nights, which is a cactus blossom coconut blend. It's been one of my biggest sellers since I first opened. I literally can't let it go because it, I literally took it out of my collection for like a few weeks. And I had people asking me constantly, when are you restocking Texas Nights? Uh, do you have any Texas Nights? Da, da, da. So I brought it back and I've never gotten rid of it since. Um, So that's one of my favorites just because I've had it for so long. But my personal favorite that I burn whenever I can is cashmere. It's a cashmere blend and you can find it in my store. It's cozy flannel. 
but it is my freaking favorite. It's patchouli blade. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk. Patchouli based cashmere, like sweet cashmere. Oh my gosh, it is so freaking good. And nobody buys it. Like, I'm not kidding. It's one of my least. I've sold it like barely any. Okay. It is my favorite scent. So, favorite because it's best selling and it's like kind of nostalgic Texas Nights. Favorite because I love it and it's the underdog Cozy Flannel. All day, every day. Did I start off doing markets or did I just jump into owning a brick and mortar? So if you haven't been around and you don't know me, I started Ray of Sunshine Candle Company in 2020. In April of 2020, we opened and I was just doing online sales and I was going and hand delivering all these packages to people because it was peak COVID. We were all on lockdown. So I was packaging up these orders and driving all around Texoma to deliver my candles to people. And then my online sales started picking up. I started doing way more shipping. And then once people were allowed to be around each other again, I started doing markets at Zigzag Galleries, which is a local art gallery um, owned by Jenna Zapata. She's an amazing freaking person. She's one of my very close friends. And she has zigzag galleries and she would do maker's markets for all these local artisans to pop up in an indoor environment and sell their products. She would do those once a month. So I would set up my booth once a month. I was constantly like evolving and changing into the brand that I am now. So yeah, I did markets from 2022. I don't, I think July of 2022 was my first market at zigzag galleries. My last market at Zigzag Galleries was June of 2022, and I opened in June of 2022. So I did not stop doing markets until I opened my store. And even then, I still do pop-ups. So I did markets. I highly recommend markets because you get experience. You gain customers. You gain small business friends. Like, There's really no negatives to markets. Highly recommend them. And yeah, if I didn't do markets, there's no freaking way that I would have a brick and mortar store. I'm definitely a go with the flow and do what life is calling you to do kind of person, but I'm not jump into opening a brick and mortar store kind of ballsy. So if you think you can do that, go for it. But if you're on the edge and you're curious whether you should just take the leap and open a store or if you should do markets, I say do a few markets first. What does my budget look like for business and home? How do I know how much to pay myself, what I take away, bills, and then like what to splurge on? I'm going to keep it 100% honest. I don't budget. I'm terrible with money. I don't, I don't track my stuff. I literally don't do anything. For my business, I pay people to keep up with it. So I have someone that keeps up with my taxes and pays it for me. I have someone that like makes sure all my bills are paid and stuff like that, but I don't really track stuff. That is one of my goals this year is to get better at tracking. So, um, actually printing profit and loss sheets and seeing how much money I actually have to be spending. So that is my goal for this year. Home wise, my husband manages our money. He's really, really good with numbers and stuff. So he does all that, but I... The only thing that I have is I have a set amount of money I pay myself every single week. Um, so I think that helps a ton. I pay myself just enough to have a little bit of money to go in savings or whatever. And then I have obviously enough to pay 
bills, childcare, and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't really pay attention that much. The only advice I would have is try to stay debt free if you can. Um, I have a credit card and I use it like a debit card. So I spend on my credit card, pay it off immediately, and I just like rack up points. So that's kind of helpful. But business-wise, if if you're having if you have a business and you're curious on like how to know what is yours and like what's profit or whatever, there is a book called Profit First and it's supposed to be really really good. My mom, dad, and sister have all read it and they all want me to read it and I'm just terrible at actually doing stuff like that. So I haven't read it, but I've heard it's really, really good. So if you need a book to help you with that, check out Profit First. This question breaks my heart. They said, how did you get people to buy your candles when you first started? I've had my business for a year now and I can barely get anyone to look at my website. And that breaks my heart because one, if you have a website, I know it took you so long to just put everything on there and get your website up and going. That is hard enough. Um, honestly, my web sales didn't really even get that great. I mean, on, when I first started and everyone was buying online in 2020, that was different. But now people aren't buying as much. You know, people are kind of saving money because we are in a weird space and time where money is a sore subject and like people aren't spending like they used to but um yeah those first when I first started in 2020 um we didn't have the market wasn't as saturated for candles I will say so I did have a little bit of leg up it wasn't that hard for me to kind of wiggle myself in there because like I said the market just wasn't that saturated yet now there is a million bajillion candle companies and it's very hard to market yourself but I will say if you're wanting more online sales find your niche and stick to it and market that on TikTok or Instagram social media is your best friend and I know there's people they're like social media is not the way to market or advertise or whatever but social media has changed my business so much um, if you can get in on TikTok, just pouring candles or, or whatever you want to do, do it. If you make really cool collections, like there's one girl, she would do them after artist. So she would have a Harry Styles collection and then a Taylor Swift collection. And she was really successful. It was super cool. Um, or if you make super detailed candles or food wax melts, those are going crazy right now. So just find your thing, get really good at it and then stick to it. And those people will follow and those people will come. And you'll get sales and it takes a while and I, it's tough, but just stick with it and believe in yourself. Go, go to markets in public and gain or like at local markets, give out your business cards everywhere you go. Like just be your biggest advocate and it'll help so much. Last question of the day is, do I ever feel judged for selling things that are out of the norm slash different because I feel judged for liking the things that you sell. Um, my only answer to that is yes, I do feel like I'm judged in the community because I am judged in the community, but I don't really care. Um, I've built a business. I've built a successful business for selling out of the norm things like 
my biggest selling mug that I can never keep in stock literally says fuck this shit and it I can't ever keep it in stock like it's my biggest seller I have all kinds of fun things in my shop that people are they're like oh my gosh that's so obnoxious so and so needs it and they buy it because it's obnoxious or it's out of the norm or it's you, you don't see it everywhere and the other thing is I've had a lot of business owners in my town come in my store and they're like oh my gosh you inspired me or you've made me feel accepted to the point they can sell fun stuff in their store too. And I think that is really, really cool to be an inspiration, I guess. Um, yeah, so I do feel judged because I know I am judged. I don't fucking care I'm judged because at the end of the day, the people judging me are not my clientele. I do not need nor do I want their business. And I'm still living out my dream career. I'm still making money, providing for my family, and I'm having a ton of fun doing it. So, yes, I feel judged. I don't care. And if you like the things I sell, buy them or make them or do whatever and screw anyone that judges you because if they're judging you over something you like because it has a cuss word on it or it's a fucking rainbow, like, be fucking for real. Girl, get rid of those people because obviously they're holding you back from your true self and that is bullcrap. So yes, I do feel judged in the community, but I'm okay with that. That is going to be it for episode two of Behind the Sunshine podcast. Again, thank you to everyone who tuned in. I had a ton of fun answering all these questions and if you ever have any other questions or want to chat with us, you can find us on social media at Behind the Sunshine Podcast. And if you want to reach us via email, you can email us at Behind the Sunshine Podcast at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, go ahead and rate us. Give us a review on whatever streaming service you are listening to this on. And with that, I will see you guys next Wednesday for another episode. Keep it real, keep it fun, and be positive. Love you all. Mwah.